Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone and thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Golden, and as usual, so grateful to the Lord to be able to come before you and uh, share with you the things that he has uh, laid on our hearts to share today. So uh, today uh, we're going to start a new series, um, and uh, we're going to be going over a parable that the Lord tells us. So if you have your Bible, let's go to the 11th chapter of the book of Luke. The 11th chapter of the book of Luke. And again, we would very much so love to hear from you all and um, how the Lord is dealing with you concerning uh, these messages that are going forth. Um, I know that they're being a blessing to you, and my prayer is that you will hear what the Lord has to say to you in these messages and take these things to heart. So the 11th chapter of the book of Luke, and today we're going to start the series called Ask, Seat, and Knock. And today in particular, we're going to be talking about asking. And we're going to be talking about that. So uh, we're going to start reading at verse 5 in the 11th chapter of the book of Luke. And it says, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight? So in, in the beginning, let, let's start at verse 1 so we can see what, what, what is actually brought this parable up. So verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as he was praying, in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in, in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. That word importunity means begging uh, and shameless begging. In other words, he keeps uh, even though he has gotten the answer, no, he keeps begging. He keeps going and going and going and, and begging. So let me make this clear. The 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 person in, in uh the friend in this parable does not represent God. Okay, so we have to make that clear that this person in this parable does not represent God because you don't have to beg God, you see. And and let me prove this in in just a minute. That's what makes so many people under uh, misunderstand this parable here. You see that that this person does not necessarily represent God. You see that? Uh, so let's go ahead and look at what he says in verse 7. Trouble, be, trouble me not, 
the door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. You see that? And so we know that God does not go to bed. He's not sleep. He's not, God does not need rest. You see that? So this person does not represent God. And let me explain. Let me show you what, why, why, why I say that. Uh, verse 8 says, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. In other words, this person then begged and begged until the person, until the friend have just gotten tired of him, like, okay, okay, I'll go ahead and give you what it is that you, you're asking me for. You know, um, uh, that is not the character of God. You see that? That is not the character of God. Verse 9, and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask, if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, you see that? How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So you see that he is, the Lord is speaking from the standpoint of a fleshly human that is in bed, that is tired, that really don't want to be bothered, but because you have begged me and you really ain't going to let me sleep until you get what I'm asking, what you're asking for, I'll go ahead and give it to you. And so we see that this man in the parable does not represent God because what does the Lord say? If you being evil, this person, in other words, by nature, by nature. Now, before we live for the Lord, we're evil by nature. Whether we know it or not, there's no such thing as a good person outside of God. We are by nature. Before we give our lives to Christ and before we become born again, we are evil. Uh, you may think about all of the things you've done, done for people, and all, but I can promise you it was from a selfish standpoint. Even this, this friend here who gave, gave him the three loaves of bread, uh, it was from a selfish standpoint. In other words, so that you'll leave me alone. Forget about the fact that you've got company that you can't feed, you know, just to get you out of my hair. Forget about the fact that I got it to give, and it won't take me but a minute to give it to you. You see that? I'm wanting you to see what Jesus is talking about. You being evil. In other words, if you being evil, now this is to get us to think about just everyday things. How many times have evil people done good things for us? You know, there is a such thing as evil people. People, that, in other words, people that are not that are not born again, doing good things. You know, the thing is good, even if it is from a selfish standpoint. And so this is basically making the comparison. This man was an evil person. Now, you, if you don't see that, you're going to miss the whole point. This man was an evil person. Why? Because if he would think about it, if he was a believer, would his friend have had to still stand there at the door at midnight begging and begging? No. You see that? No, no, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have had to do that. You see that? So the Lord told that here's the comparison. If we are evil, and we know how to get, give things to people. We know how to do for people when they ask. Look at what it says. How much more? You see that? 
how much more? There is no evil in God. How much more is he willing to do for us when we ask? You see that? I think sometimes we slight God. Sometimes we slight God because we try to put him in our nature. You see, and I'm and I, I mean, with this, explain exactly what it is. But see, a lot of times we don't want to hear the we don't when we now. So today we're talking about asking, and a lot of times uh, we know according like what to, what the scripture tells us in the book of of uh, James that we are asking amiss. Now I want now there are some principles in this parable that we need to that we need to pick up here. In verse five it says, and he said unto them. Which of you shall have a friend? Everybody see that? And then look at what, uh, look at the last part of that verse. Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. So the first thing we have to establish when we're talking about asking, we have to establish that there is a relationship there. You see that? There, there is a closeness there. You see that, and and that's what. So let's go real quick to the book of James, the fourth chapter of the book of James, and and we'll we'll show you that the fourth chapter of the book of James, and we're going to start reading at verse one. Verse one says, "From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust." That war in your members. Everybody see that? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because what? Ye ask not. And so there the Lord is talking about the struggle there. That a lot of times we have these desires. Now, you know why a lot of people don't see miracles? And why they don't get what they're asking for? Because it's coming from an evil heart. They have evil desires. And so look at what he says. You have not because you what? Ask not. Why? Because you know better than to ask God for what it is that you want to consume upon your lust. You see that? And so here's the thing that, that you have to know. Whenever you go into the Lord to ask him for anything, you know that it has to be from a a a, a, a right standpoint. And that's what make people. That's one of the things that make people not even ask God for what it is. They they prefer to go out and work three and four jobs before they ask the Lord for what it is that they desire. You know why? Because they know that they're not asking Him from a right heart. Look at what it says: "Ye lust and have not; ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain." And you know what happens in that? You get bitter against God because He ain't just giving it to you. You know better than to ask, but some kind of way you still feel like he should just give it to you. And you get mad at God because you're working all this overtime to get it. <laughs> you see? You fight and war, yet you have not because what? You ask not. In other words, there's some things God will not grant because we're not asking. You know why? Because we might have to hear, you know what? You ain't ready for that. No, you ain't ready. I have something for you, but you ain't, you're ain't. you not ready. You know, how, how many of us have dealt with small children? Uh, they can ask for something, and they, but they'd rather sit there and pout, and then if you're not careful, you'll go through this little game of, what you want? What what can I get you? No, you're just going to sit there and pout. We're not going to even play that game. You see that? And that's what people do. 
they won't ask God for something. They'll just they just rather pout that they don't have it. Because they know, they know that they're asking from an evil heart. Ask God, instead of asking for what it is you desire, ask him to prepare you for it. You see that if, you're, if you've if asked God for something and you haven't gotten it, may, either it's not God's will or you're not prepared to receive it. You see that? Verse 3, ye ask, look at what he says, ye ask and receive not. In other words, when you do work up your nerve to ask, you don't receive. Why? Because you ask amiss. In other words, there's no friendship there. There's no relationship there. You know, uh, uh, people ask uh, uh, people ask God for things all the time without even knowing God. And so we established in this parable that he went to his friends. And so that there's there's the key there, uh, the relationship. You see, you're not ashamed. How many of us, when we were, if we've ever had to ask anybody for something, we were asking people who we had a relationship with. And and because of that relationship, the relationship gave us confidence that we would receive what we were asking for. One thing we had to know was if we asked somebody for something, they must have had the ability to grant it or to give it. So we So we were asking in faith, knowing that the person had the ability to do it. But we're not going to hardly ask anybody for something that's struggling like we are. You see that? And so we, we asked in faith, and the reason why we asked in faith was because they, we knew that they had the ability to grant it and also because of the relationship that we had with them because we understood that they cared for us. And, let's, and look at what this man is asking. Let's read verse 3 again. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. So when we're asking God for something, if we are close to him the way that we should be, we know that we're not going to consume it up on our love. We, we know that it ain't, it's not from a selfish standpoint where we just want it just, in, in other words, consume it up on your lust. And I notice what that word consume means. It means basically to destroy or to devour. In other words, God does not want to grant you something that you are going to mess up. You see that because of your own uh, um, issues. And so we have to have a relationship with God. And if we have that relationship with God, then we know, you see, that that, that uh, we can ask things according to his will. Look at what verse 4 says. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Everybody see that? Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? In other words, we still got folks we're hanging on to. We still got things in our lives that we're hanging on to that we need to give up. And, and and so we know that if we are hanging on to things that we shouldn't be hanging on to, then that automatically places us as enemies of God. You see that? Whosoever, therefore, would be a friend of the world is the what? Enemy of God. So you see that relationship there? This man was not an enemy of his friend. He was, he was a friend of his friend. That, that's what gave him confidence to go to his friend. Now, here's, here's another principle that we want to point out there. Look at verse 5, and, and we're going back to the 11th chapter of the book of Luke now. And verse 5, it says, which, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him when? At midnight. Now, what is it about that midnight? A lot of you know exactly where I'm going. 
a lot of times we feel the urge to pray late when everything is settled already. Everybody see when everything is settled. What does that mean? Now, that don't mean that we have to wait till midnight to pray and ask God for anything. What does that mean? We do need to be make sure that everything is settled. We don't need to be trying to pray when the children are screaming and running all over the place. So it's chaos, and we got all of these other things on our minds, and we haven't settled in our minds yet. We need to get to God. In other words, we need to go to him in, in, in a quiet place. You ever notice just about every time we see about the, see the Lord praying, he's in a quiet place. He goes, he gets off to himself. You see that? And, and that's the whole point there. This, this man went to his friend at midnight. In other words, when everything was settled, again, and we're not talking about a necessary time like midnight, you know, literal. Uh, for us, we're talking about, in a time when you are settled, when you can, what's the use in praying to God and and waiting to receive an answer if you're not being still, if your mind is wandering everywhere? You see that? So this is talking about a time of settled settlement. In other words, when you are when you are settled, when things around you are settled, when there when there's peace around you. And listen, that's not always automatic. Sometimes you have to make that happen. You see. You see? Sometimes you have to tell people uh, you have to turn your phone off. Sometimes you have to get to yourself. Whatever the case may be, it needs to be a time that is settled. Why? Because if it's not, that shows you your insincerity, that you think you can just include God in, in the crowd. You got this person coming, this person coming, folks coming from all over the place, phone still on, and you still trying to, you know, you know, you praying to God in between commercial breaks. You see that? No, 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 no. See, we need to when we go to God, we need to have some kind of reverence. He need to give. We need to. He need to have our undivided attention. You see that? All right, and look at that. And say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. Now that's not where it stops at. Look at what it says. This is the person asking. Now it says, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me. And I have nothing to set before him. Now, this also shows us this, that this person that was asking, he was not asking selfishly. He, his, his prayer, and now we're talking spiritual now, his prayer was unselfish. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, you'll miss God every time if you're praying, if you're praying selfishly. I, I want you to think about something. Either this man didn't have anything to eat, or he just had barely enough to eat for him and his family or whatever the case was. And so when something extra was added, in other words, this friend and his journey, he look at what he did. He took his friend in already knowing that he didn't have enough to feed him. Did you see that unselfishness there? He didn't say, well, look, man, I, I ain't got nothing. You know, I really ain't got nothing to eat, so you need to keep on moving until you get to the next town. We got a friend there. You see that? No. I'm going to take you in, and then I'm going to pray and ask. You see the faith there? You see the faith there? And so he wasn't asking for himself. He saw the big picture. You see that? It was about him ministering to others. Whatever he was asking for, it was to be a blessing as well to 
to others. When my wife and I, when we uh, first got married, uh, before we got married, uh, the Lord had spoke and said that we would enjoy our marriage. But he said that I'm basically I'm putting y'all together for the benefit of the kingdom to be a blessing to other people. And so we understood that our marriage was going to be a marriage of sacrifice, that God putting us together, it, it was, of course, you know, it was for it was his will, and it was for us to enjoy one another as husband and wife and to have companionship with one another. But he made it clear, this it really ain't about y'all. It's to bless other people. Y'all going to help other marriages, and y'all going to be a model for other other people in their marriage and, and, and you know, things like that. And so <laughs> when we prayed concerning our marriage, it has always, especially when the enemy is kicking a butt, it has always been from the standpoint of, Lord, let us continue to be a blessing to others. If we pray from that standpoint, then we know the Lord will help us to remain together, will help us to, to overcome the tricks and tactics of the enemy. But if it's just because we don't got to the point where we can't stand one another and Lord help me fall back in love and all this other foolishness, you know, we'll miss God. And so the Lord was showing us even your marriage, even your marriage is not for y'all necessarily. It's for, you know, other people. Now, if, if, if we continue to make it about being a blessing to others, then we enjoy each other, you see that. In other words, it has to be from an unselfish standpoint. Now, the question is this. Uh, how many of you uh, desiring a husband or wife, And but you're asking amiss? It's just because you won't have paying bills or you're going through hard times or, you know, you just want a friend to go hang out with. You see that? Uh, uh, or is it to be a blessing? Blessing, you see? Even, and I've noticed, even people that are married, they want. They just want to keep their spouse around them all the time. Don't want to share. Don't want them. Don't want to use their marriage to minister to anybody. It's just about me and him or me and her, or whatever the case is. And and that's selfishness. And then you have the nerve to pray and ask God when you got issues. Lord, will you please help us fix our issues? How about you? You you put the focus on the on. You put the focus where it needs to be. Being a blessing to somebody else. You see that. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord don't want you to enjoy your marriage. I'm not saying that he don't want you to have a good marriage. I'm just saying that you have to take the focus off of self. I'm going to tell you, the worst person that needs to get married, that that, that want to get married, or that will get married is the selfish one. That, that, that other person that they want to marry, they will become expendable. In other words, if you don't do for me the way I want you to, then I can get somebody else. You see that? And and so <laughs> when we go before the Lord concerning anything that we want, we better make sure that our motives about it are right. This person, his motive was right. I have a friend that I have taken in, and I can't afford to feed him. You see that? And that was that was a right thing to ask about. You see that? So we have to make sure that we know what to ask for. In other words, that we know that our motive is right in what we are in, in what we are asking about. That is not just because, look, um, I've got peanut butter and jelly, but I'd rather have steak. You see that? No, it's not about that. It's about how you're ministering to others. You see that? 
And so God wants us to know that according to what he tells us in the book of Psalms, if we delight ourselves in him, you see that? If we delight ourselves in him, then he will give us the desires of our heart. So what is delighting and 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 him giving us the desires of our heart have to do with each other? If we have the right relationship with him, and it's not a burden to spend time with God, then we know that our heart is right. And because our heart is right, it, our heart is right because he's given us a new heart. And with that new heart come new desires. And we're able to see things the way that God sees them. And we're able to hear that the word not yet, you see, because a lot of times people don't ask God for stuff because they simply don't want to hear the word no or not yet. You're not ready. They, they don't want to be rejected. And, you know, here's the thing. God does not reject us in prayer. He gives us the answer. What does this say? Verse 9, and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. In other words, you will receive an answer. Now, here's the question. You shouldn't ask for something if you're not willing to hear the answer about it. You see that? And sometimes that means no, not yet. That's In other words, and no always means that's not for you. I got something else. You see that? And so with asking, we have to be willing to trust God that he knows better than what we know. You see that? In the book of First John, uh, in the book of First John, it tells us that when we ask, we're confident that we will receive what we're asking because because we're asking God according to his will. Now, that's in First John, the fifth chapter, if you want to go look at that in your own time. We, we're confident that we will receive what we are asking God for because we know that we're asking according to his will. You see that? Now, that's, that's a guarantee. You see that? That is a guarantee. That, that we can ask God for something and we're confident we will receive it, we will receive it because it is according to his will. So what is it all about? Having a relationship with God. Have, and if we have a relationship with God, we'll have a right heart with God, and our right heart will keep us from being selfish. It will always be, you know, whatever God blesses you with is not just for you. Now, I have to make that clear. Whatever God blesses you with is not just for you. I've seen people get stuff, and they don't know how to share or they don't know how to how to be with it, and then it gets taken from them. And if they're not careful, they can get bitter. You see that? And that's not God's will. Whatever God blesses you with, it is not just for you, even if it's to be a testimony. You see that? And, and one of the reasons so many people struggle you know, and feel like they just don't have enough is because of their own selfishness. If you are selfish, you need to go back to the drawing board. You see that? This, this, the whole reason why this person approached his friend was because of his unselfish act to begin with. And so we have to make sure that we hit this home. The law says, if you've been evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. In other words, if you've been evil, know that your child is sick and you want to help them to get well. How much more so will God heal you? You ask him, you see that. If you being evil, know how to give transportation to your children when they graduate high school or whatever the case is, how much more so does God want to make sure that you're able to 
get from place to place. All of these things. And not only that, if you being evil, just can just just want what's good for your children. How much more so will God give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit? In other words, grant you the the Holy Spirit and, and be able to flow in the things of God the way that you're supposed to. You see that? Let's let's know this that God is, has always been good. God has always been good, and and that's all He know how to do is be good. And we have come from an evil nature. We can remember when we've done evil things. And so the question is this. If we know that we've done good things for people, even if it was from a selfish heart, then we should have confidence in knowing that God will grant us our desires if we are in right standing with him. Let's not be afraid to ask God. And if we are afraid to ask, or if whatever, even whatever we're asking for, let's make sure that we have the right motives behind it. Amen. We want to say thank you all for joining us today. My prayer is that this has been a, a blessing to you. And, again, we pray that you will uh, email us and let us know how this message has blessed you. And uh, we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you. Have a blessed day.